Hello and welcome to Phoenix Thriving, UW-Green Bay's Student Success Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Lowry, the Director of Student Success and Engagement here at UWGB. On this show, you're going to hear from faculty, staff, and students who will give you stories and advice about success in and out of the classroom. But you're also going to hear about struggle and even failure, because they're both steps on the road to success. Our goal? To help you achieve your goals in the classroom, make connections in the community, and get the most out of your college experience to be a Phoenix Thriving. Welcome to episode five, another opportunity for me, the host, and you, the listener, to learn about and from a member of the Phoenix family. Today, we welcome Guillermo Gomez, who was recently elected student government president for the 2020-2021 academic year. And full disclosure, this is actually my first time meeting Guillermo. I just spoke to him for about a minute right before I clicked record. So I'm going to just dive right in so we can all get to know Guillermo together. How are you doing today, Guillermo? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. So as we always start, pull up a chair and uh, tell the Phoenix Thriving listeners a little about yourself. So uh, I'm Guillermo Gomez. I'm a current student at UWGB. Um, I'm the current vice president of student government. And as you heard before, uh, I was just elected student government, student government president. Uh, so that'll start in a couple weeks here. Um, I am currently studying democracy and justice studies and communications. Um, and I'm minoring in political science. And I am a junior. All right. Good deal. Well, you know, we're going to just go ahead and tackle the big subject right out of the gate. COVID-19, your semester disrupted, your time in student government disrupted. How are you handling things? It's a little bit difficult. Um, You know, everyone's trying their best right now. Uh, And, you know, certainly a lot of the people I've talked to have been, um, you know, really good through this time uh, and being able to transition to online school. You know, but obviously there are a lot of people struggling right now. Uh, For me personally, it was a struggle at the beginning to get used to online school. Um, I've taken online classes before, but, you know, the full transition to online school is a little bit different, especially for classes that are centered around, like, in-person conversations and, like, small group discussion and communication. Uh, And certainly with my communication major, it's changed significantly uh, the way we, you know, handle assignments and everything. And so... It's really just been, you know, taking one day at a time and, uh, you know, just seeing what works. But, you know, as, as far as schooling goes, it's I, I'm starting to make a good adjustment to it right now, uh, which is a little bit unfortunate because the semester's almost over, um, you know. But certainly if this continues, you know, I, th- I think, you know, me and a lot of other people will have that experience moving forward for this, so. Yeah, I think that I think that's a great point. Let's come back to that. I'm curious though. You, you're sounds like you're starting to get your feet under you. What do you think has been the key to making that adjustment? So, <clears throat> I think honestly, a lot of what administration is doing and a lot of what my professors are doing is extremely helpful. Um, so there was something that passed faculty senate. I want to say a week or two ago. Um, and it, it wasn't obviously dictating anything that professors had to do, but it was kind of more like, uh, suggestions to, you know, help ease students at this time. And a lot of my professors have taken that into consideration. And a lot of professors are easing up on assignments right now. Um, administration's been working on us, uh, working with student government really well with, um, 
you know, getting emails out to students and properly communicating with students about things that are happening on, like, administration-wide, uh, the, the administration-wide level. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think professors have been super helpful right now. Administration's been really nice working with student government, um, you know, certainly getting our voices heard and getting input uh, to administration before they make decisions is really nice. And, and that, that's been extremely helpful for all of us. Yeah, that resolution I think was a was an important step uh, coming out of faculty senate, uh, making clear to to everybody, as as I tweeted out this morning, it it's a pandemic. Like we can't call this <laughs> our new normal. It's a pandemic. Yeah, everything shuts down. Everything has to be judged within that context. So, um, and and I think you raise a really good point too that you know we don't really know what the future holds, but this. What I've I've been calling to people, uh, calling in conversations with people, a, a triaged semester. Um, we're we're all learning a lot about the experience and and what it's going to take to to continue to navigate, whether we're uh, remote for a shorter or a longer period of time. Yeah, um, definitely. I'm curious. You you mentioned you mentioned hearing from peers. I would imagine student governments, you know, members of student government, are still uh, in contact with one another. Uh, what are you hearing from folks about how they're doing as they're scattered across the state? So there's kind of like all of it's really a spectrum because you know everyone's uh, challenges are different. Everyone has different classes they go to. Everyone has different majors. Everyone has different home lives, so like not everyone's stories are the same. Um, but you know, certainly there are people that uh, like right now are you know struggling with you know being able to concentrate, uh, especially because they're you know now at home or you know they they really don't have anything other to do than school because you know work's not operating right now. Um, so a lot a lot of people I know are having trouble concentrating. Um, a lot of people I know are having trouble, like, understanding lecture material that they're given online because, you know, and it's very, it seems to be very few at this point, um, but a, there are a couple professors that, you know, don't exactly know how to, like, do online lecturing or teach online or, you know, do some of the stuff online. So students are having trouble absorbing that as well. Um, you know, but I, I do know a lot of students that are, you know, properly adjusted. I know people who were, had the majority of their classes online before, who aren't really struggling at all right now. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's actually really nice, uh, that UW-Green Bay has their housing available to students who need it. Um, cause initially I know a lot of students were worried about that because some students don't have, like, the greatest home life. Um, and so it's, it's really nice that UWGB is actually one of the, I, I don't know how many universities in the in the state are even open for housing, but I, I know we're one of the very few that are open for housing, and and that's that's really nice for a lot of students that you know don't have the don't have the capabilities of going home and having like a stable home life while still doing schoolwork. Sure, sure, yeah, and I wasn't even aware that some of the campuses uh, had closed. I agree, that's such an important step. Um, you know, we've talked a lot, and at times it it feels cliche to say we're in this together but i think that's a really good example you've know, given a couple of really good examples to communicate how at uw green bay we really are in this together from the administration down to all the way to students and everybody in between we're all working to try and get through this together and come out on the other side um uh, whole 
Yeah. So, so I want to, I want to kind of, you know, I think that's all great information, and I'm, I'm curious what led you to this point, right? So you have this, this varied background, although I can see all the different uh, interests that you have on display there, kind of interweaving. Could you take us back to the beginning of your UW Green Bay journey? How did it all get started? So, it's actually interesting because when I made the decision to go to Green Bay. Uh, I had chosen between a couple schools. Um, there was a technical college that I was I, I was thinking about going to because I would have essentially gotten four years free there. Um, and I got accepted in UW-Milwaukee as well. And I also got accepted in UW-Green UW Bay. Um, and for the longest time, I had wanted to go to UW-Milwaukee. I wanted to study film. That was, like, what I wanted to do. Um, you know, but then there was the part of me, I was like, oh, I can live at home, go to this technical college, get four years free, wouldn't have to worry about, like, student debt. But I really wanted that college experience. And after touring a lot of the campuses, um, UW-Green Bay just had something so unique about it. It was, it, like, the campus being, you know, secluded off to itself, having so much nature around, having, like, these, you know, smaller classrooms where you can you can have like more personalized experiences with professors and with peers it just seemed really nice and so ultimately i'd chosen to go here um but the one thing holding me back uh in my mind was that at the time i was very much so an introvert and i knew absolutely nobody when going here uh i i knew like one person i had heard of a long time ago who i went to elementary school with and so I, and I didn't even contact them at all when I was here. So me being able to take that step and go here was super big for me because I was super introverted, didn't know anybody. Um, and so actually taking my first year seminar, I met a lot of cool people, a lot of cool professors, including John Shelton. Um, and I met someone named Linnea who actually pushed me to join student government. I was very hesitant about it because she was like telling me the process. She's like, all right, you have to turn in these signatures and then you go in front of the Senate and then like the Senate will decide if you are able to become a senator or not. And I was extremely nervous, didn't want to do it. And she's like, well, we can get you in on the next meeting if you get your signatures done today. And that day I had to leave at about two o'clock to take a bus back to Milwaukee and then a and then go back to Racine uh, to go home for the weekend. And so I had about an hour to collect all of the, I believe, 50 signatures that I needed. And it was, it was, a, it was a hassle. It was a struggle. But um, once I finally got accepted in as a senator, I felt super comfortable with everything. Um, the university felt a lot more like home. There were so many things I was able to do that I had wanted to do, but I was too scared to actually do. Um, and it, it was super surprising to me because, you know, there's so much opportunity to grow at the university. Um, you, you know, starting off as a senator, I never would have thought I would become the president of student government, uh, let alone the vice president, you know? <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. It was a pretty ridiculous journey that, I, you know, I was able to get all the way up here, you know, in three years and meet so many new people and, you know, get involved so much, like, Freshman year, I did student government, and then I got a job as a sound and light tech, uh, which was something I never thought I was going to do because I had no background experience in it. But I learned, and now I'm here with my own microphone and my own soundboard, and <laughs> it's 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 really ridiculous. Like 
uh, sophomore year, I got involved with Campus Election Engagement Project. Um, I worked on a political campaign through uh, faculty contact that I had. Um, I got another job at the union, and then I became the chair of academic affairs and university governance for student government. And, you know, this year, uh, I'm the campaign manager on a campaign right now. Um, I have, I, I'm the vice president of student government. I co-founded an organization with Lacey. Um, and I was the vice president of networking for PRSSA. There's like so many student orgs and things I've been involved with that I, I never would have been involved with. I, I never would have thought I would have been involved with uh, prior to coming here. It's it, it's it's pretty crazy, like how many opportunities there are at this university, like all, all over. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to back up a couple of steps, and and reveal that I did not do my research, but I have a hint <laughs> based upon a couple of things that you said. Uh, referencing uh, John Shelton and Linnea, were you a part of the GPS program in your first year? Yes, you I was. were. Okay, I was. <laughs> see, this is why I need to, This is why you do your research, folks. <laughs> so, um, so I'm curious uh, if you could talk. I mean, you're you know everything there. You're you're clearly so interwoven in in the campus, Guillermo. What role did the GPS program play for you? You obviously had a great faculty mentor, a great peer mentor. What role did that program play in your transition? So, again, uh, starting out, I was very much an introvert, and I, I didn't want to have any conversations with anybody. It was it was very limited conversations that I wanted to have in, in college. Um, and I, I do want to say that, like, J John Shelton um, – you know, being able to teach the class the way he did, um, being able to present stuff the way he did, being able to um, interact with us and have, like, these, you know, interwoven discussions about, like, topics we've had and connecting it to our college experience and, like, what our college experience will be, um, that definitely helped me out because I, I think a lot of us in that class, I know I can speak for a lot of us in that class, were kind of lost at, you know, what was going to happen after this semester, this year, you know, we were just like, oh, we're freshmen right now. We're taking um, all of these like gen ed courses. We don't know what's going to happen when we get to our major courses. Like, how do we apply for a major? How do we do all this stuff? And um, I, Linnea was the, actually the TA for that class. Um, and she, she was extremely helpful, um, or the peer mentor, excuse me. Um, she was very helpful with, uh, you know, getting our schedules organized, making sure we knew what classes we had to take every year, and, like, all of that was extremely helpful. Um, and, you know, certainly the people I met in that class were, you know, very supportive of each other, and that, like, John Shelton and Linnea made sure that was, like, a theme of the class, is that we would all be supportive of each other, it was, like, a safe environment, we were able to, you know, discuss things we had questions about, we were able to, you know, um, you know ask people these things that may seem like a stupid question to other people, but like we were just starting out, so we didn't know any better. You know, we, we didn't know any of these things, and it was it was super help super helpful to have these conversations uh, in my first year seminar, and even the content of the class was, you know, extremely interesting, because we were learning about, um, you know, like teacher strikes and like the struggles of education throughout history, and it, it, it was just like a really, really eye-opening experience, and and super helpful for me to get that transition into like actual 
college courses, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And the, the thing that I always tell people, my starting point whenever I, I pitch the GPS program as the program director, I always talk about the squad, the squad of people <laughs> that uh, the students who participate in the GPS program, they get. It's not just, you know, classmates. It's the faculty mentor. It's the peer mentor. It's the academic advisor that that first year can be mm -hmm. really it's sort of simultaneously you know scary and just this kind of like blur of time where nobody really knows where they're headed which only amplifies how it can how it can be sort of scary and the students i talk to who go through the gps program they, they echo the sentiments you just did there that you got into a program and suddenly you found these people who around you who were like it's okay we got you we're going to help you get through this. <laughs> yeah. And, and everyone, you know, most people in the class were in the same situation, too. It, you know, we were all in that situation of not exactly knowing what was going to happen, where we, we were going to go. You know, some people didn't know what they wanted to study exactly. So, it, you know, it, it was good. And we had so many, like, personal conversations in that class, too. Uh, and it was, and, you know, I, I don't talk to all of them still, but, you know, I know all their faces. I see them in the hallways. I'll say hi to them. And during that time, it was like, it, you know, we were like some of the closest people that we had. Would you know, we're in that class, like all of us together. It was, it was like a community there, basically. Yeah, and and it that that idea that you just talked about there of you know so many people not not knowing what to do, right? It's that 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 false assumption. Well, I'm supposed to know. What, what I'm going to do. And it's like, why? Like, yeah. like give yourself the time to figure it out. Right. And, and, you know, I know, you know, I run the program now and, and the thing I say, everybody I meet, I don't care if it's a faculty, staff member or student who's a part of the program. I'm like we're going to figure this out together. We're going to work it out. We may not know the answers right now, but, but we shouldn't think we need to, we need to know. And I mean, if anything, that's prepared us for COVID-19, right? We got to, oh, yeah. we're going to all figure this out together <laughs> as we go. So right. now Linnea led you to student government, right? And you've, you've now, you know, going into next year, you'll really have been involved in all levels. I'm, I'm curious, what role do you see student government playing <laughs> on campus? And I should note too, I, you're one now of, I think, several past GPS students who have become SGA president. So there's a really nice, I think there's a pipeline <laughs> emerging, right? We, you know, you, you get on that ground floor and then you're, you take the elevator all the way to the top. Yeah. So, um, you know, student government historically and now obviously is, is, you know, we're the representatives of all the students on campus. Um, you know, and, and since my time being here uh, and since before I've even been here, I, I know student government has played completely different roles year to year. Um, and there are some administrations which, you know, do like, I don't want to say the bare minimum, but there are some administrations that, you know, still represent the students, still attend these meetings, um, you know, but no resolutions are done or there's like very little extra contact with administration, uh, especially when things are going on. And that's totally fine. As long as students have a representative um, and as long as we are doing what is required for us to do, you know, that's good. That's amazing that we have a student government that is active like that. Um, but, you know, what Abby and I have tried to do this past year um, 
is we've we've tried to bring in more students to this. We've tried to have a diverser exec board. We've tried to you know get senators from every part of campus because we want representation. You know, not only throughout the campus as a whole, but we want these like specific representation. You know, representatives from different parts of campus. You know, we want to see you know fine arts students involved. We want to see communication students involved. We want to see like people in the nursing program involved. Um, we want to see commuters, uh, people who do like online school. You know, we we want to make sure you know non-traditional students, all of that. Um, you know, obviously on top of uh, like people of color and you know LGBTQ plus students, we want to see everybody involved. Um, and we've tried to do that, and you know we've made good strides towards it. And we have this last year was probably the most diverse that we've seen, or at least that I've personally seen, you know, student government in general. And we've been more representative of you know, the overall student population than ever before. Uh, and we've been giving voices to the people who, you know, may not, you know, be involved in everything or may not have those voices like traditionally given to administration or traditionally given to, um, you know, faculties like faculty senate or you know other students um and and so right now student government has we, we've been trying to get involved with administration uh and administrative activities for this entire year uh and we've gotten more representation on committees that are led by administration um we've been getting more representation on like the chancellor search and um the provost search and the search for the new uh, I, I don't know the exact na title <laughs> of the uh, the Eric Arneson's. Oh position. yeah, Vice Chancellor of Inclusivity and Student Affairs. I was actually I was on that <laughs> I was on that search committee until it was paused. So yeah. Yep. Um, but you know we we've been getting so so many students involved, and it's it's such an amazing opportunity, example of what student government has the potential to do, uh, and not just at our university but other universities. You know because we know. We've talked to, um, you know, some of the uh, student governments at different universities and, you know, their administration doesn't really budge on some stuff and doesn't allow them on these committees. And UW-Green Bay is so unique, especially right now, because we have so many people in administration that are wanting student voices involved. Um, you know, they're not, like, displacing students. They don't want students not involved. They're not actively trying to get students not involved. They are wanting students to come into this process um, and, and be a part of, you know, what is actually happening on campus with events, activities, um, like search committees, you know, faculty senate, you know, all, all of these things. It's, it's actually pretty amazing at what's happening with student government right now. Yeah, it sounds like it, it really what, what's developed over the years, but even more so in the last maybe year or two, and maybe even just this year, is that sense that, um, you know, people always talk about, you know, my college, my college, my university, but that, that we have an, an environment and a campus culture in which for each student, it really can be your UWGB. Yeah. So, so as you look ahead to next year, obviously a lot of unknowns. What's your hope for your your year as president? So, um, there were some projects that had to get halted this year, uh, obviously because of COVID nineteen and everything happening with that. Um, so, we had started a draft of a student bill of rights, um, which was something that I had wanted to do my excuse me sophomore year. Um, 
but I, I wasn't able to fully do it in my position. And so when I started with Abby this year, uh, that was something that we wanted to get done uh, in the spring semester. And obviously things have happened now and we're not able to do it. Um, but that's very much something I want to do. Uh, and essentially, I have a whole thing written about it. I don't know where it is. Um, but essentially what the Student Bill of Rights is, is it's like a document stating the rights and responsibilities of students um, and, you know, essentially ensuring that like administration and not necessarily faculty too much, um, but administration, you know, takes into account like all of the rights that students have um, and ensures that like we're creating a diverse environment. Um, we're trying to get student vo student voices involved in processes, which has already happened very greatly. Um, but I, I still think it would be a good document to have um, and have student support on because then we actually have something solidified from the students saying that we want administration to ensure that diversity and uh, inclusion is happening, that our voices are being heard, that, you know, resolutions that we pass actually have bearance on, you know, like university-wide decisions. Um, so that's probably the main thing I would want to work on. Um, Sarah Bach, who is the vice president, the incoming vice president, uh, and I have talked about, well, this was actually her idea. I don't want to give myself too much credit at all. Um, <laughs> but she wants to work on a, um, I don't remember the exact name, but essentially it's like a fine arts chair. Um, and they would be, you know, representative of like the fine arts department, um, which includes like the Widener Center, um, the Lawton Gallery, like not necessarily the fine arts majors specifically, but like overall, like that area, I suppose, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. Um, and, you know, that would include so many things on campus. And, you know, a lot of people, obviously there are, you know, movements to like fund the arts and do all of this stuff. And we want to make sure that, you know, regardless of what we're doing with funding to the arts, that they have their voices heard on campus. Um, I feel like I'm repeating their voices heard so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's important. It's that important. It it's got to be repeated. It is very important. And I don't, I don't think people realize that. Uh, and, and not to get too off topic from that, but, like, it's it's super important to be a part of these decisions um, at, at university level, at state level, local, you know, nationwide level. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people opt in or opt out of, you know, paying attention to student government, what student government does. But, you know, if you are wary about what we do, just, like, come to a Senate meeting, come to an exec meeting, um, you know, message us, talk to us, because there's so many different ways you can get involved. You don't have to just be a senator or an executive. You don't have to be an official member of student government at all. Uh, you know, you can just be, like, a representative of, like, uh, an organization or a committee or, you know, anything. Um, but getting back on subject, uh, yeah, the, the fine arts chair is a position that we definitely want to have for the new administration. Um, we still have to figure out how to get that done because we were going to do it during constitutional review, but that's probably no longer able to be done because of, uh, cause, cause we don't have any meetings right now. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, and 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 nobody likes the the meetings where it's you know forty or fifty people trying to zoom in and everyone's raising their hands at the same time. Uh, yeah. we, we still got a, we still got a long way to go to figure out those large those large meetings <laughs> and how they function. So oh yeah, uh, but people in a lot of different roles on campus tune in. Uh, Guillermo, I hear from from students, from staff, from faculty. Um, who are checking us out. Uh, we're getting pushed out on social media um, on a variety of platforms and by a variety of offices. If there's one thing that you can say to everybody about what UWGB means to you, and I think you, you, you've given people a lot of insights into you know, how you see yourself playing a role on campus, what the campus has meant to you, but if you could just sort of pin it down to one thing, right, sort of bumper sticker it, what's that one thing that you would say about your UW Green Bay experience? I would probably say, uh, as I said, I'd repeated myself so much, um, all of us are important. All of our voices are important. You know, make sure you're involved and you know, make sure your voice is heard, essentially. Okay. All right. Well, don't go anywhere, Guillermo. We've got we got a little bit more we're gonna get out of you, a little bit more information we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get from you before we let you go. So every guest who appears on Phoenix Thriving has to answer three questions before we let them go. Uh, Guillermo, three questions, then you're free. Uh, first question, time machine question, which I will point out, your, your, one of your professors, Brian Carr, in the very first episode challenged the very premise of, and <laughs> uh, it, it spun the conversation in a different direction. But uh, if time machines existed and you could violate the first rule of time travel, which I insist means don't interact <laughs> with yourself, you could go back in time and give yourself advice on the first day of classes. What would you say? I would tell myself to please get involved and talk to people. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to have uh, a, a pretty boring couple of years ahead of you. <laughs> sure. And, and and where you've come since then, very clearly show you've, you, maybe, maybe it happened. Maybe you did go back in time. You gave yourself <laughs> that advice, and here you are. Um, so college is about connections. I think you've, you, you've really, your story hits a lot upon this, but if there's at the, at the risk of offending people, because you got if I'm going to make you single out one person again, Brian, in a very academic way, said, "Oh, I'm going to challenge the the premise of that question too." <laughs> um, what's the most meaningful connection you feel like you've made? Maybe it was a classmate, a staff member, or or somebody you know, an instructor in the classroom. Uh, this is <laughs> this is a really rough one. Um, if I had to say two people, <laughs> yeah, I'll let, I'll give you two. I'll give you two. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll take two then. I would say John Shelton and Linnea because without Linnea, I would never have joined student government in the first place, or it would have taken me a long time, and I would not be where I am today. Um, and without John Shelton, uh, I probably wouldn't have been involved with like local and statewide politics. Uh, as it is, because he, he gave me so many resources to talk to people in the area, um, like about campaigns and just any questions I had about politics in general. And that, that's they, they both essentially got me fully involved with everything I'm doing today. So 
Yeah, and I'll definitely give you two because that doubled as a promo for the GPS program, <laughs> and I, I, I will... <laughs> I will accept the uh, any and all plugs that we can get for for the program I run. So there are, there are so many interesting classes in the GPS program too. Like yeah. it, it's a super great interesting program. Yeah, I we, highly we recommend it. Yeah, we definitely put try to try to push the boundaries, get students involved, and in in the current form, I'll just tell you really quickly. The current form, we're shifting the focus of the first year seminars to a problem focused approach with the intention of then using the service project in the spring to try to solve the problem on some scale. I like that. So, all right, one question left to go. You got to pick one and recommend. People are trying to get an escape, to get away. What's one thing either that you think people should listen, uh, listen to, read, watch, or do right now as they try to get away from the the stresses in their lives and, and find some escape? Well, first off, I'd say listen to Phoenix Thriving. <laughs> Another Great plug, podcast. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, if I had to say read something and you're interested in philosophy, Alan Watts is super interesting. He also has like lectures posted online. Um, he's a philosopher from not terribly long ago. Um, he's no longer around, but he has like hundreds of hours of content of lectures and you know, he has books that he's written and they're, they're super interesting and they're, they're really good background noise. I use them to study. So, okay. Okay. Philosophy is background noise. All right. I got it. Got it. <laughs> so I'm just going to ask you, I'm going to actually give you a, a, a follow, an opportunity for a follow-up answer. You had said you were really interested in going to UW Milwaukee and studying film. So I'm going to I'm going to ask if you if you had to pin down one film, right, the sort of the desert island pick, you could only, you know, one film to watch over and over and over again. What would it be? Oh, man. <laughs> um, oh, God, that's a rough one. Uh, <laughs> I would probably say either two of my favorite movies are um, Baby Driver and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Those are, like, really amazing movies, like, perfect movies to me. So I, I would probably choose one of those two. Yeah, I, I just saw Baby Driver probably within the last couple of months and was blown away. I felt like, of course, Edgar Wright is a genius. Like, yes. it just took me way too long to get around to watch this. So, and <laughs> and, and and obviously, uh, Eternal, uh, yeah, uh, that that's a great one too. And I, I need to go back and watch that at some point. But it's, it's one of those films that you sort of, you have to be emotionally prepared for uh, when you dive into um, and I just and I just realized not long ago, and I guess I didn't know this, that the the writer was actually a writer on the Dana Carvey show back in the mid nineties. Yeah, <laughs> a little little known fact, right? Where everybody goes. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Guillermo, for appearing on today's show. Uh, hope the rest of your semester goes well. Everybody, be sure to be on the lookout for Guillermo. Um, I, I believe you're on, on social media, too, so people can check you out there. Oh, yeah. Um, but definitely be on the lookout. And, and as he said, for those students who are listening, get involved. Make sure your voice is heard. So we've come to the end of today's show. Uh, we've got a quick quote for you today uh, from Joseph Chilton Pierce, to live a creative life, we must lose our fear of being wrong. 
Anybody out there that's had more than one conversation with me knows that I spend a lot of time talking about the fear of being wrong, the way we're conditioned from a young age to fear being wrong, to fear failure. But all that socialization, that conditioning accomplishes is to limit our potential, to limit our creativity, to limit our ability to find our way out of failure. We need to try, we need to fail, we need to learn from our failure and try again. That's how we're going to make progress. That's how we're going to achieve our goals. That's how we're going to achieve greatness. To embrace failure as a reality. Those people who know me know I'm a baseball fiend and love baseball and I miss baseball right now, although I'm still managing to find a way to watch. But the sport that says you can fail three out of or fail seven out of ten times and still be a Hall of Famer. The reason I love it is that challenge. It is that recognition that failure is a part of life. It's easier said than done to shed our fear of failure. But we have to start saying it so it becomes a reality. So it becomes part of our practice. With that, I'll wrap Phoenix for Thriving, Episode 5. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you've got any questions out there, email me to strike up a conversation. You can also check us out on social media. At UWGB Thriving on Twitter. We're also at the same handle on Facebook. Give us a follow and send us your thoughts on the show. And be sure to watch for future episodes. We've got some exciting guests lined up. Each week you can count upon this show to bring you unique perspectives, first-hand experiences, and advice that you can put to use in your educational journey. 